I like to talk about Miramichi. I like to talk about sports. It's in my wheelhouse. We have hosted major midget Atlantics and then had our team ripped away from us thanks to Hockey New Brunswick. That still pisses me off. What I love about it is that you remember it one way, I remember it another, but we'll both remember it as The Run. Sonny Newman joins us now. Sonny, thanks uh, for stopping in. Thanks for having me, Patty. And uh, this is your first foray into the podcast world. Yeah, it is for sure. I've never done anything like this. And on a scale of 1 to 10, are we nervous here? or? I'm probably about a 3 on 10 right now. I, I, I got to admit, I, I don't want to kind of go off the rails here on you. I don't want to make this anything that's not supposed to be. But We've been friends for a while. Where we intersect is uh, in the year 2000-2001, which was the onset of the uh, Miramichi Timberwolves, which have been uh, referenced and mentioned and uh, talked about on previous podcasts here of The Run. So to paint a picture for the folks, in 2000-2001, Sonny Newman is... A complete rink rat. Right. How old? Nine. I was probably nine at the time. Uh, I remember being around the rink a, a bunch and a lot of excitement had led up to the Timberwolves. I was a massive, massive Tim Horton Leaf fan. Being around the rink so much, I, I was asked by a couple of the executives at the time if I'd, if I'd like to join on, kind of be a stick boy, water boy type of role, which as a nine-year-old, it's a dream come true. All right. So at, at the age of nine, because we've had this conversation with previous guests... At the age of nine, you have no preconceived notions in the sense that, oh, it's not senior hockey and now we're on a junior. None of that stuff. You're just happy there, there's a team in town and you have a spot to go on a Saturday night, right? Basically, but I did know the difference. I did know quite a bit about hockey at that age. I mean, I traveled with the t- with the Tim Horton Leafs. All right. So as a nine-year-old, I'm not your regular nine-year-old at the rink. All right. But are, are you pissed that there's no Leafs and now it's junior hockey or do you care? I was pissed there was no hockey and super excited there was a Junior A team coming to town. There was a Moncton-Gagnon Beavers game that was hosted as an exhibition, and there must have been 2,500 people at the rink. I remember the balcony being just jam-packed. See, now you you know something I don't. You're telling me that the Moncton-Gagnon Beavers played a neutral site game as a means of selling what Junior A hockey was to the fans here? I believe so. Wow. Yeah, and it was packed. Before we came into the league, obviously. That's right. Yeah, it was packed. Do you remember who they played? I don't remember. I just remember it was Moncton. I remember it was a huge draw. Really? Yeah. I sat in the. I've sat in the upper deck, and that for me, that was just like no one ever goes there. I, I don't understand. I, I shouldn't say I don't understand. I, I I can't grasp the fact that the crowd is as big as you remember. Was it a playoff game or was it just exhibition a- preseason? And people were that excited in in those it was days. People sitting on the stairs. It was it was massive. So is that okay? Let me ask you this: Is that more generated by a look see at what Junior is, or just because that there was something to do because there was no more Leafs to go to? I think there was an excitement that hockey's coming back to Miramichi. I think just in general, any team that would have came back would have had a big draw. So best you can recall, had the Timberwolves been announced as a coming franchise, or this was a little dip of the toe in the water, if you will. Uh, I I don't know, but. All I know that there was massive excitement around the Junior A game coming to Miramichi. So do you have a role at this game? Are you working a, a score clock? Are you uh, filling water bottles? Or what are you doing? I'm just eating a poutine. Eating a poutine. That's it. A ring eight, poutine? Eight years old eating a poutine. Is that your go-to? Back then, 100%. And, and no doubt knowing you as I do, you either had Dixie Lee before or, or after that game. I probably had Dixie Lee for lunch. A little, uh, little bit past my bedtime after the game. I and, get home, get to bed, and run anyone, up the road. And anyone who knows you knows you have a deep love of the three-piece chicken dinner at Dixie Lee. I, I do, definitely, and uh, re- recently I actually had a galaxy dinner. Galaxy dinner was actually invented as a joke when I was in high school because I was such a massive fan of Dixie Lee. Uh, one of my buddies, Emerson Savage, thought it would be kind of cool to make up a galaxy dinner and tell me about it. So whenever I went to go ask Chicken George, um, George, I'll get your new galaxy dinner, he just kind of looked at me like I was crazy. Um, 
<laughs> so, that, so they, the boys send you down over the hill. You have your twenty dollars. I was in grade twelve too. And you, <laughs> so this is eighteen year old son. Yeah. So you ask for you go to the hi welcome to Dick's League. Can I take your order, sir? You say yeah. I'll have a galaxy dinner. Yeah, a galaxy dinner, which is five pieces of chicken, two rolls, two gravies, two coleslaws, and two cans of Pepsi. Could you for take one her, person? Could you take her down? I have taken it down. <laughs> I have taken it down. Have you ever done a calculation as to how many chicken dinners you've uh, piled into the old palace at Dixie Lee over the years? There, there was one time I was in first year university, I believe, back for the weekend. And one of my buddies is like, man, like how many chicken dinners have you had? So George was at the counter and there was no one around. So it was kind of a, a rare moment at Dixie Lee because there's usually a lineup. Sure. And we calculated if I had like two dinners a week, which would have been on the low end from when I was five until when I was 18. Um basically that i would have spent over 15 grand on dixie lee in that time range so then george he said to andrew sullivan was working there at the time andrew go get my uh, gift certificate book i'm gonna i'm gonna give him a gift certificate here so my buddy chimes in you gotta spend 15k to get one free chicken dinner here but it was funny because andrew never knew where the gift certificates were because they didn't really exist no one ever got one before <laughs> Uh, so it, was, it was pretty good. Now, yeah. listen, uh, let, let's get uh, full Miramichi here and think about this before you answer. Okay. The Dixie Lee between Chatham and Newcastle. Do you have a preference or do you no, notice a difference? They both have their high points, but they're both pretty high end. Let me ask you this question uh, another way. Is your palate that refined that if I had two chicken dinners here right now, one from the west side, one from the east side, Chatham and Newcastle, that is, could you? 100%. 100%. You could nail which one it was. 100%. Come on. Based on the roll alone, I'd know. Are you serious? More butter on the roll in Chatham. Just based on that, I'd know. They're a little bit more liberal with the uh, the butter on the roll in Chatham. Less of a cut, more roll. More butter. Wow. And are you, are you a white guy or a dark guy? Uh, whatever whatever they throw in the box. I, I don't I don't discriminate. In what, whatever's in the box, I, I go for. See, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you out there. It seems to me you, Cooling, and I, one time with the playoff game, uh, I think I had the, the car. You guys were younger. I, it seems to me you had a real funky order that time. Um, you went all usually lips and hips or something or no what i do is i, I sub the sub the coleslaw for gravy oh that's your that's yeah. the sunny new or maybe a double roll if i walk I'm in feeling. if i walked into the one in newcastle and i said give me the newman would they know what i'm getting in 2009 100 <laughs> percent. staff changes have uh, staff changes have occurred since then but so listen when you come home from a weekend and we're way off topic here but when you come home from saint mary's back in the day was that your go-to like you were hitting dick's lee before you hit the the house Probably, yeah. yeah. And, and my mother would expect that fully. And Any, she, she wouldn't be upset. Are you taking a bucket or a barrel home with you to put in the fridge uh, for a few days down there? No, no, I'm probably, probably just hitting it two or three times as I'm home. <laughs> so you're not taking any road chicken back to St. Mary's? No, definitely not. All right. It's got to be eaten on, on spot. All right. So back to Miramichi Timberwolves. Paint a picture. So you get uh, the call to be stick boy, water boy, jack of all trades in year number one yourself. And uh, cooling Nick, that is, who's what, two years older than you? Two years older, yeah, and there was there was another guy too. I forget. Yeah, I think he was a Lynch, um, and Dustin Tozer had came on board. At, at Is Lynch. Dustin your age? No, Dustin would be a few years younger than me, so he was a tot. Well, I remember at this point in time. I, I remember Dustin being jammed into the, um, you know, the, either either he was uh, in a seat on a snooze when we were traveling in the wee hours, or we used to tuck him up uh, before the buses had those enclosed, you know, luggage racks above you. Yeah, we just throw him up there. I shouldn't say throw him up there, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Because he was so small. Wasn't, wasn't using a car seat, for right. sure. Lynch, eh? I think he was a Lynch. He was definitely from the Nelson area. Wow. 
but uh, he was kind of like the the mentor overseer head stick boy and, and Danny Savage was our the captain was, yes. was kind of the overseer if we screwed up we heard it from Danny yeah absolutely and, and may he rest another uh, character and uh, legend that uh, is gone uh, far too soon absolutely. Um, you remember the first game I had this conversation with Jerry Green uh, on the very first edition of the run here I don't Hamilton in town. Remember Derek Maloney had that fight and he came up with that shaking that Timberwolves in the M and as if to say, and, and again, Maloney was from uh, somewhere down there south of Truro. I, I don't think he was conscious that, hey, this isn't senior hockey anymore, folks, but he did come up going, hey, we're new here. Yeah. That, that's um, what I extrapolated from I don't from remember it. the game. I do remember Maloney. I do remember the first win. I don't know if you remember. Tell um, me. Um, how it ended. Go ahead. How the game ended when Ryan Locke grabbed the puck and threw it out of play. In the defensive end, it was probably 15 seconds left on the clock. They were up one. He jumped on the puck, and there was kind of a mad scramble. And as time was ticking down, he kind of threw the puck further down that it killed It killed the clock, but he threw it out of play. Now it would have been a delay of game penalty, but then it was just a good hockey play. You're telling me that delay of game rule wasn't in effect then? No. Wow. You could shovel the puck off the ice, out of the field of play, so to speak, and it wasn't blown down. It might have even been as time expired, so it was irrelevant. Wow. But it was a it was a wicked play, and he was he was I would say one of the best Timberwolves of all time. I said this is Jerry a few podcasts ago, Sonny Ryan Locke, and, and if you remember as a nine year old stick boy, Ryan Locke, and I don't think I'm exaggerating this. I think Ryan Locke played about 45 minutes a game. Oh, he was unbelievable, unbelievable, awesome, unbelievable. I mean, he was a better person too. Like he was a wicked guy. I remember as a nine year old, he would even come out to the Timbits, and he kind of took me under under his wing. And just was a wicked guy and was a mentor to me, even as a nine-year-old coming up through the system. I kind of forget. Uh, we, we didn't do broadcasts in the first year. Uh, Hoppy and I got hired on in the second year. But did you travel with the team as well? I, I traveled with the team from time to time. There was, a, there was a couple good stories that I have in mind. The first time I went on the road with the Timberwolves was... Uh, are, are we overnighting it or are we day tripping it? This is a day trip to Charlottetown. Okay. And, and, and in those days, and fans, you'll have to trust Newman and I here charlottetown was running hot like going to charlottetown you knew you're going to get pummeled oh yeah you were either going to get the shit kicked out of you or they were going to run up a score seven four eight two hundred percent yeah but as a nine-year-old and as a fan and, and these guys are your heroes that are right. playing on the team like like you're thinking we got a shot and charlottetown be great charlottetown had that big rank and yeah yeah so i remember they they sat me down on the bus and i'm a nine-year-old but not your regular nine-year-old I've, I've seen a little bit more things as being around the rink and being around older guys uh, yeah, yeah. so I, I was kind of in the in the space of thinking okay i'm one of the boys so they they sit me down on the bus and they say sonny now we're going on the road whatever whatever happens here stays here yeah you're not a court reporter no exactly so <laughs> i remember i remember we get there we're getting canned. It's like eight or nine yeah. one. I, I Matthew at, Matthew Baker's a net. Yeah, just getting pumped. And then an, uh, a full on line brawl ensues, mm-hmm. and bench brawl ensues. Um, people are getting tossed. We got absolutely shit canned. Uh, we get back on the bus, and they remind me saying, "Like, Sonny, make sure you don't say nothing. Like, this isn't getting back home." Right. I say, "Very best, boys. Not a problem. I'm a rock." I'm a rock. So I take that mentality into the entire season. Right. Skip down the road. This is this is the demise of my first year. This is this this is uh, when the Timberwolves and I kind of parted ways for the first season. Um, you had a falling out at the age of falling, nine. Falling out at the age of nine. Yeah, I was wow. very strong, uh, strong headed at the time. Yeah. Well, you're always an intense uh, kind of guy. A little bit. Yeah. 
And uh, I, I remember my mom owed the Tide at the time. Yes. They were telling Sunny stories in the bar all kind of lined up the older guys on the team. Uh-oh. And Matthew, Matthew Russell was a local guy that yep. was on the team yep. that, that played later in that year. And he told a story of something that I did in the dressing room, something that I called one of the players because they were choking me, mm-hmm. like just joking around, play wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And probably called him a name that I shouldn't have. I won't say it on the air, but right. um, it, it got back to my mother. And my mother was just kind of like, wait, what did he say? Mm-hmm. That's my little boy. So, <laughs> and again, this was on the road. It gets back to me and... Oh, so they've betrayed the... They've betrayed the, the right. number one rule that I was taught as a yes. nine-year-old that I took as the ultimate vow. So here, you, the nine-year-old, are holding steady. Holding steady. And you get thrown under the bus, as the kids say nowadays. So that day when my mother tore a strip off me, as she should have, I was nine years old, using language I should have not even heard of. Right. Um, she she kind of sat me down and said, listen, if you're going to be using that language, you're not going to be going there. <laughs> so I said, you know what? I'm not going to be going there in the first place. So the boy sewered me. Yeah. So I get to the team picture. I remember I was just sour as could be. There's a picture of me with the team in that year. If you go back and I'm just sour, not even smiling. Is it the one that's hanging up in the bar of the city it center is, now? It is, yeah. If you go back, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm in that picture. I'm going to do that. Okay. Nine-year-old Sonny Newman. And I have no smile whatsoever. Because you're pissed. And I told the boys and I told the coach. I said, I'm through. I said, the boys threw me under the bus. I said, what happens on the road stays on the road. Obviously doesn't apply to you guys. So I'm done. Anyway, came back a few years later as, as kind of a, a clock slash announcer slash mascot slash everything under well, the that, sun. Well, that, and that's where you and I intersect yet again. So when you bail out, is, is Cooling the go-to guy now? Now Cooling's a one-man cool, show? Cooling's a one-man show with the Lynch fella. Okay. I think it was a Lynch anyway. And then Dustin Tozer kind of came up through the system. Too. Right. And then you ended up with us over at the, uh, the booth. Now, the booth. It's a funny story. I don't even know if you remember this. Dunn and I are there. So I guess it would be Dunn and Quinn... I'd be on the sheet, done to be on the microphone, likely. And let's let's say you're on the clock. Would that sound about right? Mm-hmm. Either yourself. I remember yourself, uh, Cooling, uh, Michael Burns, Nigel Flett. Yeah, there was a rotation, but I, I was Drew. One of the, it one was of another sta- one. Yeah, that was. There's definitely a rotation, and as time went on, I kind of solidified my role. So in between one of the periods, Dunn's down, sucking back uh, one of his pints, as he was known to do. And I'm not betraying a trust there. No, no. And I think Newman was one of those rare Tuesday, Thursday night games where I would have made it to the Civic Center at the last minute rushing from work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I remember saying, Jesus, I'm hungry here, boys. And Dunn goes, yeah, slice of pizza or something would be delicious right now. Just threw that out there. Do you remember this? No, I don't. And then you, and again, if you're nine in the first year, so let's say you're 10, 11, maybe 12 on the high side. You said, boys, you want a pizza? And we're like, Yeah. And again, I don't know Sonny Newman as well as I likely should have at this point in time. I knew you were a rink rat. You knew I was a rink rat. But I'm in my 20s. You're in your early teens. And those two worlds narrowly never meet, so to speak. Anyways, we get you a phone. And you called Forn, the cab driver. Chucky. Yeah. Charlie, yeah. He shows up 10 minutes later with a pizza and says to you... Do you want me to put it on your tab, Newman? And you said, yeah, absolutely. And this guy drops his pizza off. And I'm like, who in fuck is this lad? I'm watching a 12-year-old wheel a cab driver for a pizza. Do you remember that? No, I don't. But I'm, I'm sure that my buddies have a few stories like that. <laughs> a couple of buckets of chicken dropped off to Jack Matchett's field up in the industrial park. Is that where Jack Matchett's field was now up there? In the, on, the, on the upper side? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We played some baseball there, Chris Keating and I. And, and you would get buckets of chicken delivered by cab? 100%. <laughs> so the boys would say, I'm hungry, Newman, do your thing? Throw her on my tab. 
<laughs> oh my god! All right, so Timberwolves. I can tell a story. I don't know if you uh, if you remember this, but this was like my big announcing debut. This was the first time that I ever grabbed the mic at the Civic Center because you were indisposed. You you weren't available for the night, and I said, "Listen, boys, I'll take the mic, no problem." Drew did the sheet. Cooling was doing the music, and actually, sorry, Don's underneath the bleachers, <laughs> hammered. Alberta Pure, yeah, Alberta triple Pure. To, Thank triple you. To still. Triple distill, glacier born. <laughs> That's what he would say every time. Glacier born, triple distill. Hundred <laughs> percent. I think I think it was Larry Way who would ask me if if I if I take over. I said, yeah, that sounds a, about right. Not, not a problem, Larry. Mm-hmm. I'll do that. I'll do that for you. Um, so I I, uh, I had announced a lot for the for the high school team and and for minor hockey and Sam Turner and whatnot. Right. So because you're a rank rat, exactly. So it was no stranger to me. And doing a Wolves game was just kind of like okay, this is my big moment. So I could kind of take out my Toronto Blue Jays voice and, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Toronto Blue Jays first home game of the season. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty excited. Right. Um. So so basically, I was hauling out all my tricks in the book, and Dylan Belmore actually scored the game-winning goal in overtime he could skate like a son of a guy oh he was unreal yeah didn't have great hands but he was he was he was really good yeah and uh, anyway he scored a wicked overtime winner and the, the crowd was packed it was a saturday night it, mm-hmm. was, it was a really good crowd and i gave it miramichi timberwolves goal scored by number 93 dylan belmore and you remember the number too oh yeah definitely yeah. and uh anyway the crowd went wild mm-hmm did the three stars and I, I had an immaculate game it was probably the best announced game that i ever had just stepped up in the clutch so anyway we had a there was a following game on the saturday like larry was impressed well done like everyone was happy yeah we're getting like, rid of quinn job. here newman you're our guy <laughs> <laughs> so based basically uh the next the next saturday um they had asked me said listen sonny like we want you to do this again yes. like that was great you've overachieved <laughs> I had the mic all ready to go for my, my follow-up performance, and you you stroll up the stairs, and I just remember saying to you, Quinn, I got the mic, man, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> I was dead serious, and you just kind of looked at me thinking, what in the hell is this young lad thinking? <laughs> anyway, it got sorted out. I think you ended up doing doing the announcement. I did the, I did the sheet, and we, uh, never, we never looked back. I, I don't think I did too many games after that. Maybe maybe the odd one. Listen, um, as, as you mentioned the crowds, and when you're announcing that uh, Dylan Belmore game-winning goal, take a good, long, hard look in the mirror here. Do you think, do you think we can ever get back to those crowds? Yourself included, because when's the last time you uh, saw a game? And uh, I realize... Uh, that pro- wasn't a playoff game? Yeah. Ten years? Yeah. So you have some blood on your hands on this one, too? 100%. 100% if it, if it wasn't a playoff game. You still actually, actually, no, not 10 years. I mean, I watched Billy Gass and stuff play, and he, he was a hell of a hockey player. Well, t- tell me you were at Game 7 when we had a chance to win the championship. Yeah, year. I did. I did. Okay, I was good. There. I was All there. Right. Definitely, but if it wasn't for Risey Summers on, on Facebook and everyone pumped up to go, maybe I wouldn't have went. Maybe hmm. I wouldn't have known. But you're still a rink rat. You still love to be at the rink. You still love to be at the ball field. And I realize, yeah, you're growing up and blah, blah, blah. But we're else going to be on a Saturday night and out the door by 9, 39:45. No, it's true. And and I, I think uh, myself being involved in the music in- industry kind of oh, so you're kind of halted that. You're gigging. In the last, and, and I started playing probably seven years ago. So it kind of correlates that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be around for those Saturday night things because I'm either setting up for a gig or practicing or out with my friends on a, or my girlfriend or my wife. Um, whenever I'm not 
not playing music. So it was tough to get to the rink and more so apt to go to a ball game than I would be a hockey game once I started doing that. So self-professed rink rat as you were, and I think we're going to visit this in a future uh, podcast of the run here. But you'd be a great guy with a, a unique uh, Newcastle perspective because, of course, uh, my uh, my Sonny Newman nine-year-old stories uh, center around Ironman Field and the LBA where you're centered around either Memorial Cardinal or the Civic Center. But... And God love them all, and may they all rest, because uh, a few of them have uh, passed on. But uh, let's let's spend a few minutes talking about some of those characters at the rink. Like, I mean, you, you couldn't imagine growing up not seeing God love them, Jackie Lapointe, yeah, uh, Ang- Angus, Angus, Jack uh, in the equipment room there. Yeah, um, was it Jack? Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Sorry, Bobby McCacker. Bobby, excuse me. There I said Jack. Jack was over my yeah. way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dunn would be in that uh, crew. Uh, yeah. Ivan King's on that list. 100%. Ivan King's on that list. Like, uh, there's so much a part of going there and friends. I saw Jack every Saturday night for 16, 17 years. Well, yeah, Jack was actually my next door neighbor, so he was kind of like the security guard over my house, and he'd give me. He was neighborhood. Hello, bye. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he was a neighborhood watch. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So good memories of all those guys? Yeah, 100%. 100%. But when you say uh, Memorial and Cardinal, I was actually an Ironman from when I was 11 years old on. So I kind of jumped, jumped the fence pretty early so a- after my last year Mosquito. Oh, my. So you went to the dark side. I went to the dark side. and I. I uh, Why? Because there was no team in that neighborhood or you no, were living there, over here? There was a team. And I actually remember receiving phone calls Uh-oh. as a 10-year-old. From adults that I had no idea questioning my move, saying, I heard you're going to Chatham. What's this all about? And so you, I remember my father actually getting into it with a few adults over this. Oh, that'd be pretty. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you were free to do so? You were allowed to do that? Um, apparently, I, I had played hockey with uh, Jeff McCarthy and Jamie Walls and Aaron Noel and um, are they the same Matt age Nelson as you? At the time, they're they're a year older and the same age as me. But Walter McCarthy and Mike Milson were were our coaches, the coaches at the time. Yeah. Robert Walls. Yeah. Um, so by no means that did Walter influence me or Robert or, or Mike, but um, I was close friends with all their kids. And when I played for Newcastle, um, not to not to toot my own own horn, but at the time I was I was shoulders and above better than a lot of the players. Um, from from Newcastle. So you're a bit of a stud. At the time. At the time when I was 10 years old, 100%. Right. So when I went and over... And you to, peaked when you were 12 and she's been downhill ever since. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, no. Pretty much. No, no. It's pretty accurate. Um, but uh, when I went to Chatham our first year, we actually went to went to nationals in, in Quebec. And uh, they, they gave me a shot at, uh, to throw against the host team or the, the host province. Oh no! Sorry, it was Windsor, Ontario, and they, I got to throw against uh, I got to throw against Quebec and threw a one hitter down there, which was like a ten k one hitter. So what are we? Pee Wee Bantam here? What Pee-wee, are we? First year Pee Wee. Okay. So that was kind of like my coming out party for baseball, because um, even though I was I was good in Newcastle, I wasn't really known on a provincial or or even community stage. I, I guess you would say because but, I was only ten years old. But McCarthy and Milson and Walls knew. Well, yeah, because they played against me. So when it was time to go back, uh, where where would the Pee Wee team be playing in the day? Cardinal. Or Memorial, sorry? NBHS. Uh, okay. MBHS so when it was time to go play the Cardinals, would you be sick to your stomach all day? And no, I don't, I don't no, mean literally. because that, that next year, they... See, because again... They, diff- they downgraded to a double-A team. A little background here. At different times, and you and I are from a different era. I'm 40. I'm coming on 43. What are you? 27. All right, so... But th- that that divide, and it was a healthy divide. I don't care what anyone says. I was all for it. There was, there was a divide, Chatham-Newcastle. Yeah. And nearly the two met. Was that still a thing in, in, in your day? 
I don't know if I forecasted that it wouldn't be, but that year they actually downgraded to a double A team, and the year after that they folded. There was actually no team in Newcastle that I would have even had a chance yeah, to play on. That's so, because assholes like you were bailing out on them and playing on the other well, side of the river. I was the only one who bailed. I'm just joking. <laughs> so ba- basically, um, it, it was just it was it was something that you can almost foresee that was going to happen. There just wasn't enough players. There wasn't enough kids, and I th- and maybe that told the tale of what was going to happen ten years down the road that the teams would have to amalgamate. I don't know if I'm on the microphone, but I'm at the ball field, and I'm in the I'm at Ironman field. Would it be Ironman Fielding? It's probably likely Midget. You played Midget over here. I and played the, uh, Midget and Ironman, yeah. All right. So I don't know that if was, it's a, That was probably my best year as a ball for sure. I don't know if it's a playoff game. I don't know if it's a big tournament or if it's just a regular game in the month of June and you're just fired up. But I remember a play at first base where you uh, made a big stretch. There was a throw kind of offline and you managed to come up with the ball with a nice little first baseman stretch. And before the umpire could call the guy out you came up and punched the lad out and i don't mean physically i mean you gave him the old umpire like you're out and i just remember sitting <laughs> in the ball field going oh my god would you, do you remember that no. oh you, you were like you were i've probably done that you gave times. him one of those like you're out and i was like and then whipped the ball around the infield and i'm like oh my god look at this guy what a weapon <laughs> oh yeah it's definitely a character for sure all right, uh, so ball field stories. I remember watching a lot. I went to see a lot of Ironman games growing up. I, I never got to see the Cardinals play a whole lot. They had folded by the time that I was heavily involved in, oh, that's right in too. baseball. Right. I remember watching kind of Gary Ryder playing, guys like Ronnie McCombs, and, right. which, was, which was fun to watch. But you, you could tell uh, that, the, that the talent level around the league, like Newcastle was kind of bottom feeders at that, at that point in time. And you could kind of see the writing on the wall that, that hey, it's uh, – it's probably not going to happen much longer. Um, <clears throat> I would have liked to see seen a Newcastle senior team happen. When I, when I was 17, 18, 19, I, I think it could have happened if the, if the right support and financial backing would have happened around it. You would have got a pickup or two. All right, so th- throw, throw some other names at me. 18, 19-year-old, 20-year-old Newman. Who else? Who well, else? I, I mean, if you, if you look at guys that are cut on, if you divide uh, demographically or geographically, um, like guys like Robert Glant live in Douglastown or Emerson Savage live in Barney okay. Oak. Like right. guys like that that are coming up. And so they all would have been Cardinal guys. Cardinal guys. Right. Like if, if, you, if you divide the river in half, um, you start off with a good core, young core right there. You get guys like Chris Keating that, that's an MVP. Keating's got to be older than you. Keating's two years older than me. Okay, okay. But he, he's a perennial MVP candidate in that senior league, and he, he was a Newcastle guy. He played with the Combines with me when the Newcastle Comb- Newcastle Cardinals and the Miramichi Combines played. That was almost like a, a Chatham-Newcastle rivalry. That was the biggest rivalry that I've ever seen around here because – I had a front row seat for that. Yeah, and it was you coached. Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, it was awesome. I, I didn't know what I was quite getting into because I didn't understand that whole dynamic, but there was some form of falling out between the Cardinals and uh, certain people. and <laughs> the, co- all- the coaching staff. <laughs> All of a sudden, we're combines and the Cardinals still exist, and we're playing at the same field, and every second game we're playing against each other, and you're like, oh, oh yeah. my God. But it, those were some of the biggest crowds that I've seen for a regular season game. Yeah. Um, senior included. Yes. Uh, in Miramichi that I've been around the sport. You know, Gary Dunn, if the Moon and Stars would align sometime, Gary Dunn deserves a championship at some point. You know what I mean? He's been there for 100 years. Probably this year. You think? Probably this year. Oh, are you going back? Are you? Are you going to dust? I'm going back to my. Oh, here we go. Are you? I'm taking my talents diverted. (laughs) 
you're going back to your roots. Uh, I made my grandfather promise that I'd, I'd I'd play for them one day. Well, and it just kind of worked out. I haven't played full time baseball in three years. Mm-hmm. Um, so you still think you got a little magic in the wing? I've been I've been working out steady steady for uh, uh, quite some time now, and and doing some yoga, and um, definitely gonna give it a give it a shot this year. Well, they probably have one of the best-ran organizations in, in New Brunswick for a sports team. Like, they're phenomenal, and their volunteers are second to none. When you go to the Chatham Head Rec Center or the Wallow Henderson Memorial Field, I agree with you 100%. It's a first-class operation. It is. Um, and, and their facilities Oh, and then I was just going to say, that. the field is ridiculous. I can't wait to step on the mound the first time against the Cardinals this year. You know, not wait. I would think in Newman uh, in the last couple of nationals, of course, that was the B field and I don't mean it's just Iron was the home base and you had to play some games with the other. Outwardly some of the teams, let's call the Manitoba and Saskatchewan, we would say you're playing at the B field and you've played at enough B fields at various tournaments. Yeah. But that's far from a B field. You're usually pissed. Right. You're usually pissed going, oh, we're not playing here because Iron looks good. Usually the crowd's no, on top no of you. No lights, dirt in right. field. No fans. No Absolutely. Bleachers. No fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they come back and go, holy shit. What a field there. And I, I, I literally think Saskatchewan and Manitoba were playing like a two o'clock game and the place is jammed. Where if that tournament's happening in Victoria or Kamloops or Calgary, there's Even Prince Edward Island. I played Canada Games there, and we never had three people at our games. Right. <laughs> really? Brutal. PEI hosted the Canada Games? It was terrible. Really? One of the worst tournaments I've ever been to. At, at, at the Victoria Park there? Uh, like where the, That was definitely one of them. Yeah. Definitely one of them. They had three parks, but no fans in any of the games. It was terrible. Even for an island game? Uh, I don't... Uh, probably for an island game, they would have had people there, but I mean... There was no capacity to hold fans. Like there wasn't like these big bleachers or, or anything like that. Like it was out of all the nationals that I've been to, that was brutal. The accommodations were brutal. The fields were in good shape, but I mean, just wasn't the atmosphere that you're used to going to a national tournament. So, at what point in your upbringing do you get into the refereeing? Ooh, I was probably twelve. Twelve because, at the time. Because you wanted to, or because you liked a dollar, or both. Both, yeah. both. Um, I remember the first game. First game I officiated was during the Ivan Match at Memorial Tournament, right? Um, Which is always over the Christmas break. Paul Burns, yes. And I, I was, I was young. I was way under. I was underage. I was probably eleven. Probably not even supposed to be on the ice refereeing. And Mike was refing his son. And Paul said, "Well, Sonny, why don't you get out and help him?" I said, "Well, yeah, I will." I remember. And, and so did you have any courses? No, no, nothing. This is just a, a volunteer tournament or whatever. Right. And. Paul tells me the story to this day that I was sitting on the boards on the bench talking to the coaches with my hand on my hip, just enjoying the conversation with the coach as the game was going on. <laughs> Not oblivious to what was going on? Yeah. You're, you're catching up with the boys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, le- I learned a little bit more uh, as time went on. But And is that something you enjoyed? I, I really did. I, I did enjoy it. You know what? I, I would even get back into it. But uh, it's definitely a thankless job, that's for sure. And well, I, did, I didn't make many friends doing that. I, there's, there's a lot of funny stories that I had. Well, give me a few. Any horror stories? Uh, yeah. Um, there was one game I, I did the I refed with Sean Drew at Nick Cooling. Now these boys are three years, three and four years older than me. So you have the stripes on. I have the stripes on. It's Cooling a, and Drewitt are your wingmen. Yeah, it's salmon tournament. I think it was a Pee Wee Double A game. Um, they said Newman. I'm I'm not putting the stripes on for this one, bud. Like you. So were they were they local teams or teams from abroad? Uh, I believe it was teams from abroad. All right. Um, so you have no toe in the water. No. Don't care about these two teams. Don't care what whatsoever. Right. And uh, it it was a controversial game 
I don't know if I had called a penalty on on a guy's son or what it was, but you see those you see those pictures on don't abuse the refs. My face should have been on it, mm-hmm. but it was funny anyway. So it all broke out. So it all broke out, and at the end of the game, the guy comes over comes over by the rail and grabs me as I'm going down onto the tunnel. So this is on the bench side of the Civic Center, my yeah, mind's so eye. He grabs me. So you're going down to your dressing room. Yeah, and he game's over. Game's over. Grabs a hold of me. Physically. Physically. Coach. No, not a coach. Fan. Okay. Fan. One of the so parents. father of father of Johnny. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, he, he grabs a hold of me and <clears throat> tears a strip off me, and I proceed to throw him out of the rink. And he said, you can't throw me out of the rink. I said, I own the rink. You're gone. Cool. You said that? Yeah. Cool, cooling still quotes me to this day that I said I owned the rink I- and that I had the authority to throw him out. And the guy just kind of looked at me like, oh, okay. Like, well, he didn't know what to do. He just kind of threw his arms up like, okay, I guess so. I guess I'm done here. Do, do you know where that came from or that was just a spur of the moment thing? I can't. I can't recall. Cooling and, and Drew would probably recall something stupid that I did on the ice that I probably did deserve it. No, no. But what I'm saying, no. Sorry. Uh, when you said I own the rink, like how do you come up with that on the fly? Oh, just being a just being a, a cocky young lad. <laughs> I own the rink. I own the rink. Well, I've probably thought that I did own the rink at that time because I put more <laughs> hours in than anyone else. There was a salmon tournament that I did 15 consecutive games. Oh my god! 15 consecutive games. My feet were bleeding, but. As a young guy, making a few bucks. Yeah, you're making 15, plus 20 get, bucks plus a game. I loved hockey, and plus you get to be around guys like Josh McCormick yeah, and yeah. Scott McKay. Yeah. And you just think you're cool, right? Like yeah. You're 14, 15 years old. You're hanging around with 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds that you idolize watching referee and watching play sports. So you just think it was awesome. Now, uh, you are a self-professed rink rat, as am I, and ball field rat, sports enthusiast in general. Do you think the next generation of little sunnies coming along? Because I, 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 I tell you what, I don't know that people live there the way that... Uh, here's my upbringing, a little, uh, little background for you. <laughs> yeah. If we weren't playing at uh, Willie Jardine or Ironman Field, like a scheduled game with uniforms, you were there uh, playing baseball. You were out in the outfield, or you were having a home run hitting contest, or you were running the bases. Yeah. It's just what you did. Yeah. I, and I don't know that I see that as often as it was in our day. And I don't know that... I don't know that... I can't imagine being having been anywhere else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nor yourself. I don't know that people love it nowadays. I think they go, they play their game, and they go home. No, 100%. And I think it comes down just to the generation in general in today's society. More to do? Well, not that it's more to do, but if, if you've seen a kid that was at the ballpark for 12 hours or 14 hours, you'd be like, who owns that young lad? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. It just it just based on society today, and everything's kind of under the microscope. Under the microscope, sorry. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that. Now. I can remember, and this is probably before your time. Do you remember the old scoreboard at the um, Ironman Field that you actually had to put the numbers up? Ooh, no, I don't. All right, well, it was a big treat, and I'm telling you, a huge treat when someone would go, Quinn Newman, you're in charge of the scoreboard, and you ran out there like a son of a gun. You scale the fence, and. And again, it wouldn't happen nowadays because people were a little. I'm not, and I'm not saying that they didn't care yeah. or they weren't conscious of it, but yeah. you'd be out there in a double header in 30 degree heat, and no one would bring you a bottle of water, or <laughs> you, you come home with a third degree sunburn. And but you were just so happy that someone let you, you flip a, the numbers on the scoreboard. You get a bat on the air, and you'd be out of there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but you, but you know what I mean? Like it was just such a treat to to be that guy. Or yeah. you're in charge of foul balls today, Newman. You were. You're making plays in the parking lot. You know what I mean? No, no, for sure. Definitely. Back at, I remember doing that Cardinal Park when in the senior games, you'd bring a foul ball, you'd get a candy bar or whatever. I mean. Yeah, done it in the boys in the canteen. Just, just being at the. Slide you a candy bar. Absolutely. Being at the rink. I, I remember I used to wake up on a Saturday morning. I'd go at eight o'clock and I'd come home at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> I remember some of my friend's parents being like, 
like, are you okay? Like, yeah. Is everything all right? <laughs> Can I give you a drive home? Or <laughs> <laughs> I'd have a pocket full of 20s. I'd flash that and they'd be like, oh, yeah, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so uh, let's talk about uh, the playing days. Let's get back here. We're jumping all over the place here. But uh, so I remember you, you mentioned combines, little intermediate Cardinals, little Chatham Senior Ironman. Uh, great memories. Let's talk about some of the boys, some of the your better teammates, better players you've seen. Tough outs you've pitched against. Okay. Let's run the gamut here. Yeah, definitely. Um, Robert Glant's probably one of the better better players that I played with. Uh, I, I, I Offensively, say, defensively, or both? Uh, both. Probably probably all around. Like I, I play with a lot of a lot of talented guys. Mike Washburn was one of those guys where it hit the hit the bat. Like Frederick and Mike Washburn? Frederick and Mike oh, Washburn. Ripes unreal. Uh, I play, Tough I, as out. Like I played a lot of nationals with him. He was he was unreal. He kind is of, Washburn your age or a hair? Yeah, same, same age. Same really? Age. Yeah, no. He was he was really good. Kind of when the ball hits the bat, you just know it's a different sound than than anyone else. Yeah. I, I remember we were going to junior nationals in my in my third year, and uh, he he joined us the day the day before we were leaving. Where are you going? Uh, oh God. Somewhere in Quebec, I think. Trois Rivières. Yeah. Trois Rivières. Yeah. And uh, he he jumps up and hits like. 12 uh, bombs straight uh, center field opposite field so like, at Ironman like Field you're, ha- like, you're having your fi- been 10 home runs in a row you're having your final practice at Ironman Field before yeah, you okay well, as a t- first one as a team right. Andrew Case played on our team like we had a really really solid team Andrew's in the Blue Jays farm system now yes and uh, we, went, we went to Trois-Rivières and I remember we were playing the host team and we were down three runs in the seventh inning and Mike hit a three run shot op opposite field center field the same as he hit in the hit in the practice and you're just like wow like what a, what a he did in what a game a ta- what a talent and yeah. then he went on and won mvp in the senior league and he was he was a really good really good player who else tough toughest out uh that i that i faced growing up like i, I mean I, I faced a lot of good hitters i faced hitters that were drafted and whatnot going away to nationals and stuff like that but locally i i pitched in a few senior games like Derek wilson was an extremely tough out Derek wilson was hmm. was See Derek Wilson in his prime, absolutely, hundred percent. This was this was probably at the latter stage of his career, three or four years before he retired. But you couldn't get an outside fastball by him. Not that I threw hard, but the, 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 it was a pitch that that I had a lot of success with with my career uh, down outside moving fastball, and he would just smash and almost take your head off going up the middle. All right, so uh, back to uh, you were a, a complete nut about the Tim Hortons Leafs. I'm going to give you my background here. I said this to uh, Jerry Green a couple of. Uh, podcasts ago i have no connection to the leafs because i was gone during those years however i did see them in truro because i lived in port hawkesbury right. and tommy beaton of course a name you recognize played for the truro uh, bearcats and it was a treat to go up to truro and see the leafs so my connection to the leafs was actually seeing them in truro but again i am fully conscious and aware that this is these guys are like nhlers to young sonny newman 100 percent, 100 percent, definitely and i remember traveling on the bus this is like so are you a first- stick boy for these guys too in a way, yeah. Because if you're I, nine, I kind of was like a glorified stick boy, like almost like an honorary, honorary stick boy. I didn't really have to put in the grind, fill up all the water bottles. But I, I went on road trips. And but if you're nine when the, the Timberwolves arrive, you're like six and seven when the least not younger, probably four or five. And the boys are destroying the bus. Oh yeah, I was I was on the bus, and my father used to come to a lot of the games. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember uh, going on road trips to Charlottetown and. It might have been Charlottetown. I don't know if it was Summerside or Charlottetown. Charlottetown. Charlottetown was in the in For the sure. Uh, as I was four years old, I don't remember a whole lot, but I remember being in the in the press box with Hoppy and my father because Hoppy and my dad were real, real good buddies. And they'd be working on a jug? 
Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Link, this was when Link joined the team, and he was doing the chicken All right, doing so, the chicken dance. So Link Gates. And they'd play the, the, the chicken dance song, and, and Link would stroll, <laughs> stroll around the rink, flapping his arms. At the Civic Center or on the road? On the road. On the road. Definitely. So hold her here now. Now, this is news to me. So you're in Charlottetown. Right. Johnny DJ cues up the chicken dance, and, and Link, Link Gates Link is either Gates. on the ice or on the bench or in the bleachers. On the ice. He breaks into the chicken dance. Breaks into the chicken dance. You've seen this. I've seen it. And the crowd loved it? Or they think he was a lunatic? Probably thought it was half half and half, yeah. They probably thought he... They're probably more scared of him than anything. Because he was an animal. So if he was on the ice and that song came on, he would do the chicken dance. I've seen him do the chicken dance. I've seen him do the chicken dance. One of my fondest Tim Horton League memories. Wow. Yeah, definitely. I I remember going to Churro, another one of my memories, and and going into the hotel room overnight trip with the Hop and, and my father. And... uh my dad having a hockey bag a hockey bag and Dunn goes what's that what's that Bugs I've seen this and throws throws it on the I've throws it this. on the floor and unzips it and I've seen these this Mickey's little yep. Mickey's of, of Captain Morgan's yep that you get on the top of the 60 bottle 100% and Hoppy's eyes just lit up like a kid on Christmas morning oh my god look at 1990 I'll never forget that a five year old didn't know what the difference was but 1998 Truro was this the Allen Cup Truro hosts the Allen Cup. Yeah. I don't know Bugsy as well as I likely should. I know Dunn. I'm in Truro. I say hello to the boys, and all of a sudden, this lad shows up with a hockey bag and goes, who are you? I said, Gwyn, where are you from? I said, well, uh, Cape Breton, but Chatham originally. And as soon as I said Chatham, I was in. Yeah. Zip, the bag opens up, and I'm looking at, I don't know, Newman, probably 200 <laughs> 200 little, <laughs> little bottles of booze. I don't doubt it. Dunn looks like a kid on Christmas morning. Yeah. And I remember the guy working the bar or ran the rink. Uh, his name was Woody in Truro. I forget his last name, but Woody. Maybe Woody was his last name. And he just kept a steady stream of 7-Up and Pepsi and glasses and ice. And the boys lit the candle on a hell of a week there in, in, in Truro. <laughs> I, I still have the signature of all those players that won the Allen Cup that year on a banner. Truro? Did Truro win? Yeah. Yeah. Truro TSM Bearcats, they were yeah. called, 1998. Yeah. My father loved the Allen Cup. That was that was one of his... Like, well, see, that, that's the generation. They, they love their senior hockey. Yeah. Exactly. And he's that's right in his wheelhouse and Dunn's and, and that whole generation. <laughs> the, the get bag full of booze. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't make it up. No. You definitely couldn't. <laughs> him, him owning the bar at the time, you definitely would have had access to, uh, to a few Mickeys for sure. All right. So let's go back to Gates. Give me a, a couple of well, Link hand throwing sessions when he went when he went with someone. Well, I didn't really know Link as a big fighter because him and my father had this uh, f- developed a friendship quite quickly, and he used to come up for supper every every so often, every week, once a week, once every two weeks. So you're there eating Sunday dinner, and Big Link Gates is at the end of the table. The animal, yeah. Wow, yeah. The so, missing Link. So base basically, he I remember him coming in to like the living room from the kitchen and smashing his head off the top of the of the area that you go into the go into the living room like the ceiling like smash he was so tall like he was just i just remember being a massive person so he he get his bell rung on your oh yeah on your archway or whatever let, it is let go an f-bomb say oh sorry sonny you need to hear that <laughs> <laughs> like but I, I just remember kind of as a, a gentle gentle giant but uh there, there was but one, you had to see him unravel on the ice there was one game that i tapped him on the shoulder because you could reach into the, I don't know if I was on the road or at home, but I reached in and tapped him on the shoulder. Is he on the bench or the on penalty the bench, box? On the bench. Okay. And I tapped in and he just kind of, he kind of 
snapped and looked up and then he realized it was me but you could see that crazy look in his eyes um, but no, he, I remember as a gentle giant. So you really don't remember any any on ice shenanigans? You don't remember I, him I, going with I, Beaton or? I don't remember it for say who who he fought with. I, I remember seeing him fight, and I remember him being a successful fighter in the senior league here. He obviously, it was he was a, a legend. Was he enjoying a cocktail in those days? I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't really drinking at that time. I was five years old. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't really behind closed doors with him. <laughs> All right, so we'll end here on a story that uh, you wanted to enter into the record here. Now, again, uh, for some background here, you uh, left Newcastle to play baseball in Chatham. Yep. So now we're talking about peewee hockey, and you got cut from the Newcastle team. So basically, my my first year, it was it, it was a kind of a, a change in, in guard from what was happening with minor hockey in, in Miramichi and all of New Brunswick. Um, I played Adam as a first-year player and was catapulted into peewee, not by choice, but that's what all the kids had to do. It was it was kind of a change in the age guard. Okay. So as my first year player moving into Peewee, I was I wasn't ready for say checking hockey or or the next level. So I was cut and I went down and played as a as a player. And, so paint a picture for me here. What was the team called Newcastle? Would it be Beavers or? Oh God, I don't know if it was the Ironmen or, or Beavers or whatever. Whatever it was. So you get cut. I got cut, which was totally expected. 100% expected. So I'm you like, didn't break a stick over the door or anything? No, 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 no. I, I, I was uh, more almost planning my, my trip down to Basin and a lot of players at the time. So is this, a, is this a face-to-face meeting with the coach of the day or are they posting names on bulletin boards here? Face-to-face meeting in the dressing room and you just kind of said, like, listen, work on your skills and whatever. I took that I took that uh, at face value and, and I went down to Basin and had a great year. I enjoyed my time. All right, so you go to Basin and because the team's amalgamated, there's no team in Chatham, there's just one team. One team in Chatham, and I didn't feel like playing house league. I, and I felt, okay, I, I can I can still play check and hockey, kind of learn the game a little bit more as a, as a 12-year-old and, and kind of grow from there. So now you're a Basin and Mariner. Basin and Mariner. Enjoyed it. Year goes by. Um, the next the next season's coming up. I'm ready. I'm ready for check and hockey. So I feel, in, in, my, in my heart, um, played and, and made it to the very last cut. And I was, so I, this is on the town team. This is on the town team the right. next, the following season. All right. Very last cut. And uh, Oh, you're the last cut? I was the last cut. Oh, so this is a heartbreaker. Yeah, this is like a Wayne Gretzky story when he was like five years old. Right. <clears throat> Only um, Only the, no coach ever regretted cutting Sonny Newman. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> a little bit exactly. different circumstances. No, there, there was a regret. There was a regret. And he'd never admit it, but there was regret. All right. I, so won't, I won't mention names. So we're getting to this regret. Yeah, so basically what happened, I was completely contemplating on quitting quitting hockey. You were done. And focusing solely on baseball. Or, saying like, you know what? Or refing. Or refing. Like, I'm not as good as hockey as baseball, and I'm just going to focus. I might play basketball. I, I always enjoyed basketball, but never played. Mm-hmm. Um, then I had developed all those relationships in base and in, and they had called me when they found out I had gotten cut. And they said, geez, we want to start a team, but we have to fold. We don't have a goalie. And I remember my father looking at me sitting at the kitchen table. He said, do you want to play net? So who's got this call? You or Bugs? Who's on the call here? My father. So he gets a call saying, well, we're going to fold unless we have a goaltender. Basically. And they wanted me to play. But do you know a goalie? <laughs> my dad said, why don't you play net? I'll get you the stuff. I said, really? He said, yeah, you can learn how to play net. He said, help the boys out. Yeah. Team's going to fold unless you step up. Yeah. Pressure's on. Yeah. I said, you know what? Let's do it. I didn't realize that he wasn't going to buy me hockey pads, and I had to use rink equipment that were basically uh, oh. floor hockey pads with a 
stick of plastic and uh, styrofoam. So you were you were expecting a trip to TNR or Canadian Tire, I, and I and I did for the most part. Don't get me wrong. I, I basically I had all the high end gear except for the pads, but the pads kind of made it made it what it was. Um, so basically, we go down, we get uh, shit can ten nothing in the first game. That's your debut. I break my stick over the crossbar. Right. Uh, next. So game. is it your fault or the defense's fault? A little bit of combination. We were the bad news bears. <laughs> we were the bad news bears, and I was getting left out to dry as a guy who didn't even know what positioning was in net. Stupid question. Had you had a few practices, or are you making your debut in a game situation? Couple practices, couple practices, and, <clears throat> okay. and like I knew, obviously, I wasn't ready, and I had a lot of improving to do. Um, next game, I think we lost nine one, and there was a lot of similar games like that as time went on. So, no great mathematician am I here, Newman? But uh, so far, you've given up nineteen goals in one hundred and twenty minutes of hockey. Yeah, if that, because there was 15-minute periods. Oh. <laughs> yeah, or 12. Okay. Like, it was it was bad. It was right. really bad. So You're getting the, pumped. So then the parents are almost thinking, like, this is a waste of my kid's time. Right. Or we we should have money. folded. This goalie like, sucks. Like, and, I, and this is almost getting put on me when I was doing right. everyone a favor. Right. So Pi O'Reilly was coaching at the time. Poor Pi. And, Beauty. And, and Pi just kind of said, okay, we'll, we'll keep working at it or whatever. And I remember Bobby Joe Burns came down and helped me out with a couple practices. And I, I started to learn as I went and I, I started to improve. Um, and then cue into the, the Salmon Tournament, uh, us versus Miramichi at the LBA. So uh, Salmon Tournament would be in January, February. Yeah. All right. So, so you, got a, you got a few games and a few months under the belt by this time. Definitely. And I'm starting to come around. I, we had played the game before against Fredericton, and they were supposed to, supposedly the top team in the tournament. We only lost 2 nothing. All right. So the goals against have come down. So the goals against have definitely come down. It was it was a game that decided us getting in to the semifinal or Miramichi. And, uh, the same air machine that cut you. Same air machine that cut me. Uh-oh. And my best friend was playing net for the other team, Nicky Hart. Okay. So Nick was a goalie? Nick was a goalie, yeah. Really? Yeah, so Nick was a goalie. Um, so basically what had happened, it was, a, it was a 3-1 game with 10 minutes left for us. 3-1 you guys. Yeah, I remember Chris Keating and Randy McLean sitting at, at, at the back end of the LBA. <laughs> and I'm in front, and Chris is tapping the glass, and, and uh, air machine runs me. Twice, actually. They came into your crease and give it to you. And I gave it back. And I got, I remember. Do you I, remember who ran you? Matthew Waldruff. <laughs> Matthew Waldruff ran me up. Okay. And I remember I gave him the blocker and I took two double minors. Uh-oh. Or sorry, a double minor. I, I took a four-minute penalty. For a roughing, roughing after the whistle, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, Pi calls a timeout. I think there was like so two let, or three minutes left in the game. So hang on here now. So double minor. Yeah. So we got a power play situation for Miramichi. It's 3-2 at this point in time. It's 3-2. And Pi uh, calls a timeout. Pi calls a timeout. Right. Pi's talking to the boys. BJ Hogan's assistant coach, or not BJ Hogan, sorry. BJ Kingston's assistant coach at this time. Mm-hmm. Gives me the, the finger to come on down and talk to me for a second. And he laughs at the story. He'll probably kill me for telling it. But uh, he, he says to me, Sonny, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. If you take one more penalty, <laughs> I'll break your legs. <laughs> and, you're, and you're like really <laughs> and i just i'm just kind of thinking like okay i'm not taking no more yeah so, so no to coach i'm killing this out yeah anyway we, we we killed it off and won the game wow I, w- I was the mvp of the game so you hang on for the 3-2 victory hang on for the 3-2 victory and are they sniping from all during this four uh it, four, it was a it was a barrage it right was a, it was a barrage they're coming the at you yeah so i remember and all st- of a sudden you're I remember Patrick stack, Waugh here. stacking the pads oh. and giving giving play-by-play as i'm doing it saying what a save and just like i was a character i was i was an you're idiot. commentating your saves as i'm saving it yeah. for all for all to hear yeah and singing singing lincoln park in the between the whistles 
Yeah, no, it definitely was. So that's not even the best part of the story. So then fast forward. Oh, fast forward. This gets better. Fast forward to the regional provincials. This is in Basin Ann. This so, is, so hang on. Did you, did you win the salmon tournament? Is there a happy no, ending no, here? No, no, no. No happy ending. I think we got shit canned in the semis. All right, go ahead. I think Fredericton beat us again or something like that. But that was that was our finals. That yeah, was, it was your that Stanley was awesome. Cup. Yeah. These are all the guys that got cut from Air Machine, right. plus a handful of Bay players that, that overcame getting cut and winning that game. So then right. fast forward to the regionals. I remember basically begging to pie all year. I want to play one game out. And I said, this is my time. And uh, I got to jump in here. Is Pi's young lad your age? Yeah. No, okay. no, you're younger. You're okay. Younger. You're younger. So then Pi hums and haws, and one of the kids says, I'll play net. So I get my game out, and it was against uh, against Miramichi. So this guy has any goaltending experience? Uh, no, none. You guys are a bunch da- of, David Martin. You guys are a bunch of cowboys here. I don't know if it was against Miramichi. I can't remember that fact. I think it was. I remember having a terrible game. I was out of shape, like just not the same kind of shape that you need to be. So, in to, so, like so no, I, no, by, no play by play of your end ends here. No, I think I had one one shot on net and a 10 minute misconduct and two penalties. <laughs> and like, Kingston didn't break your legs or anything. Because I, I, re- I remember saying like, boy, David, get a buddy. Like I was I, and I was saying it to one of their players and I got thrown down and I got a 10 for it. And then I almost got and then I got another two on top of that. So I almost got tossed. But it was it wasn't a great game at all. We got beat. I think we got beat like 5-1 or something crazy like that. Anyway, we went on to win the next two games with me and Net. Um, fast forward, Miramichi in the semifinals again. Okay. Um, this is playoff time now. This this is for all the marbles. Right. And we beat them. We beat them 2-1 in the semis. <sighs> beat them 2-1 in the semis and went on to win the win the regional finals against Chalair. Come on. Yeah, went on to win the regional finals against Chalair. So. With you and, and Net. And then with me and Net, I, re- I was the only goalie. There was no backup. No backup. I started every game. So Newman one. gets a flu, Martin's in net. Basically, and he had no clue what was going down. Right. It wasn't bad, though, for the game that he subbed in. So you beat Shalor, and you're off to the Provincials by this time? No, this was the this was the end of the year. This was the whole shebang. Like so there, you, there was no like Provincial tournament for us. I don't know why. Maybe it's So in your, your rookie debut, you end your rookie season as a goaltender, you end on a high note. And I retired. Never played again. Never played again. Never played another game. <laughs> Were you getting calls in the following fall? Going, I got, Newman, we I, need a goalie. I got, call, I got calls in the following fall from Basin Ann. They wanted me to be their starter for their Bantam AA team. Goaltender. Yeah. So I, I still have the same pads, and I go out, and I remember I took a shot off the knee, and the kids are shooting a lot harder in Bantam than they were in Pee Wee. And this right. one felt like I was just wearing duct tape shin pads. Right. You were taking and bullets. I, I said, holy jumpin's boys. I said, I'm retiring. I said, I'm going on top. I'm going on top. So during this, this, this is the time where you're getting into provincial ball and, and going to Ormukdo at Gagetown for the winter practices and stuff. And I, I just rationalized folding, folding, the, folding the tent and hanging up my skates. So you made a choice for ball glove over goalie pads? At that, at that time, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I thought to myself it would be quite funny if I retired as a champion. <laughs> went, went back, fast forward to Midget, and Nick Hart and I both decided to come out of retirement to play house league hockey in Midget. Just but, for the hell of it. Yeah, but Gar- Gary Dunn kind of scouted us out and said, Holder boys, like... Come on down and play some midget double A. It'll be fun, whatever. So where's done in Basin Ann? No, Miramichi. Oh, Miramichi, okay. Miramichi. So they said, listen, boys, like we want you to play double A. Me, me and Nikki ended up playing. But are you goalies or are you playing players? Out? Players, yeah. Well, you and Hart. Yeah, we came out. So who's the goalies? Uh, Denny Gauvin. <laughs> and he wasn't that bad. No, he was good. He was good. I, I forget the other guy. I forget the other guy, but he was he was solid too. We had two good goalies. And uh, Nikki and I played on the first line and went 2-3 in scoring. 
Go away. Yeah. No, wow. Good. Nikki was solid. Did Nikki you play? was solid. I should know the answer to this, Newman, because I likely would have been there. Uh, did you play any Plamo or no? That was my grade 12 year that I came out of retirement. All right. Yeah, so... High school hockey probably wasn't a wouldn't have been a good idea. I and I would end up in the hospital. No. So you two knuckleheads in grade twelve at MVHS. I could, I could hardly skate, Quinn. Like I would just learn how to skate again. Yeah, but hang on here. You two knuckleheads in grade twelve decide we're coming out of retirement and going to play some hockey this winter. Eat Kingsway every morning before our games on Saturday and <laughs> head her to the rink and play. I know we had a great time. <laughs> it was fantastic. I loved it. Retired again. All right. Look at it. Uh, thanks for stopping by. Uh, let's. Uh, keep in touch uh, first and foremost as always and uh, let's uh, make a little promise here to do this again yeah absolutely Quinn thanks for having me bud